Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. A few weeks ago, the Spirit of the Lord began to deal with me about some things. And um, I, I was in prayer about, about a little before midnight and uh, went, went further in, into my prayer life and, uh, and didn't realize I came up into my bedroom and Joanne was already laying down and, and I, I began to sing in the Spirit. I began to sing. And I, and I didn't realize that I was doing it so loud that I woke her up and, and did that. And then she got up and uh, started to record a little bit of it. And, and when, she, when she did that... Uh, uh, I was already like geared up in this thing. I was already, uh, my mind was focused on some things. And, and the number one thing I was focused on was all of you. And, and I was in prayer for you. I was in worship for you. I was thanking God for you. And, uh, and um, uh, we're word people. I'm going to come on this side. We are word people. You know what that means? You actually do what the word says without any hesitation, and with great joy. <clears throat> and, and, and since we do it with great joy, we operate in this arena, and, uh, and uh, that level of life is, what we're, uh, is, is how we do this. So when the Scripture says that we are Word people and we act on the Word, we're not uh, hearers only, but doers. So when the Bible said, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord, what, we, what, are, what should we do? Thank you. Amen. When, when the Spirit of the Lord said, Lift up, lifting up holy hands unto the Lord, what should we do? When the Scripture said that, that uh, he that claps his hands hits the devil out of his place, well, what do we do? I, I like that verse. I, I really, really like that verse in Job because it makes reference when you clap your hands, you hiss the devil. It, it doesn't mean you make a sound. It means your vibration of your praise and worship it shatters the enemy and vibrates him off. You ever have something vibrate and just falls off the table or falls off something? That, that's what happens. When you keep praising God, you vibrate all that junk off your life. And, and you get over into that arena of it. And so I, I love that. And uh, I, I, we're doers of the Word. So let the weak say I'm strong. And let, and let the sick say I'm healed. Amen. So uh, and so we ought to be we ought to be doing this on a regular basis. This is something that that we do. So uh, uh, if you will, with me. So when Joanne and I were in prayer over that, that uh, we actually went into this prayer, and uh, at least I did. I was in prayer and was worshiping God, and uh, it, it went over into about three thirty in the morning for me. And I recall that at one moment, uh, uh, there was, well, there were several things that took place, but I remember I was standing there, and I was crying out of my spirit for all of you. And, and the cry was this, it was that, if they'll just move a little bit, just move just a little bit further out of their flesh, out of their, and understand the spirituality of where they're at, and understand where they're at. And, and where they're at, and I, 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 you know, uh, this is so vital uh, that we understand this. And, you know, I'm, I've said this before. I'm 67 years old. We're going to be 67. And, and I've never been in a bar, never, never been to a club, never, never done anything like that. 
not, not that I couldn't. When I turned 21, I could, according to the natural world, I was capable of doing so. The problem was, for about a year and a half prior, I had been drinking new wine. So natural wine didn't matter to me. Natural stuff didn't matter to me at all. And I've been in this, going this way. When you can get saved and throw $5,000 of drugs into the toilet, the moment you're saved, without any word, just saved. No teaching on it, just saved. And dump that stuff and never turn back. Man, your life gets different, man. Everything about your world gets different. And it becomes absolutely dependent on who God is and what God is in your life. So I am, a, I don't, I don't um, you know, uh, we were last night, and, and, and I very rarely ever do this, and I, you know, but we did. We went to a little birthday party last night, and we were there, and I was just amazed at all the people that were there, young, way, way younger than me, and, and uh, drinking. I wanted to get up and leave. Everything in me just said, stay here, walk in love. So all I did is talk to the kids. Because I was a little frustrated because all of them go to church. And they're all sipping saints. And when I have performed 41 years, over my 41 years, people that have died of liver damage because of drinking. People that have snorted their way to the grave. Used a needle to the grave. And, and that kind of... It, it, you, you can't forget all that. You just, you know, and I, I lived that life prior to Christ. Reminded of an old gospel song. He said, you know, we're, we're, you know, and that, that's where we miss it in the gospel music and, uh, uh, and, and what's the gospel. It's called gospel music. It's not, it's not called Christian music. It's gospel music. Amen? And so the gospel music had several elements of it. One, it, 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 it talked about his living. And, uh, and, and his birth and all that kind of stuff. So uh, in this, are, are you all set? Let's go into this today because I want to talk to you some things. We're gonna, this is the prelude for this afternoon. This is, this is how I cut my teeth on this thing. The, the how I got started in the ministry was two guys, two of my friends, and they said, we're going to start a Bible study, and, and, and Art, we want you to sing. You do the praise and worship, we'll do the preaching. I said, that was fine. And I said this to him, as long as I don't ever have to preach, teach, or anything, I'll do this. So the first time we got together, uh, one of them taught and preached. And then the next week, the other one taught and preached. And I'm leading praise and worship, and to the best of my ability, you know, lead praise and worship. And, and I'm out there. And, and then uh, the third week, none of them were coming out. And they were, they were supposed to be in prayer. None of them came out. And we, we had rented what's called the old Norwalk Mortuary. It's not a mortuary anymore. And, and where we had our meetings were where the caskets used to be. And our, our counseling room was where the embalming room was downstairs. And that, that's where we first met. And uh, so that, that's, I'm telling you, my beginnings. I can vividly remember all that. And, and, uh, and so uh, neither one of them came out. I've been singing now 45 minutes. Nobody comes out. So I got somebody said, could you just help out here, just sing a little bit, just tell everybody go hallelujah or something. And, and then I went in the back. They were gone. So I just kept singing and closed it down. Then I called them, uh, no cell phones, so 
so, you know, so I went home and called them. I said, they said, now we're not never coming back. I go, why don't you come back? They go, I don't like so-and-so. The other guy that was preaching, they were mad at each other. Because both of them wanted to teach on the third week. They got mad. And I've been here ever since. We never shut it down. I've been here ever since. And so I, I, in, in the beginnings of my ministry, that's how I got started. And then I didn't want to be no leader. I didn't ever want to lead nothing. You, you understand what I'm saying? And so when I got over into this arena, the people say, well, who's the leader? Everybody pointed to me, him. And I did it by default because I was the only one that stayed. I, I, here's another word for it. I lasted. Here's another word for it. I really got saved. I was really washed in the blood, and I knew it, and I was filled with the Spirit, and I knew it. I walked by, I was, I was learning everything I knew to do, so I was fulfilling the will of God, and, and to the best of my uh, uh, God-given ability, in Jesus' name. Now, go with me with your Bibles over to the book of Genesis. And uh, I realize today, I'm so excited about this, uh, before we get started with that, I do realize that we're having a service today. Well, let me rephrase. The Spirit of the Lord directed me at that time in January. He said, have a meeting. And he said, and don't advertise it too much. Just just do that. Just have it. He said, it is more, and listen close, it's very important. He said, it's more about your personal obedience than anybody else's. He said, I put this mandate on you for, to come. And he said, so when you come, it's not about whether there's five, 50, or whoever. He said, this will take you to a new level, and whoever comes, in, comes to the meeting will go, to the, go with the ride with you. And he said, so don't get frustrated or discouraged. I'm excited uh, about this meeting. But this is what he had, had, had told me about this meeting. And he, said, he even told me this. Some will choose which one to go to. Well, since you're having a morning meeting, then I'll come to the morning meeting, but I can't make the other one. I'll just come to one. And, and so, and I said, all right, and I'll be at both. And, I, and I'll be in both. All right. So now, are you all set? You got your Bible with you. Say, this is my Bible. Out of it proceed the issues of life. I can have what my Bible said I can have. I can go where my Bible said I can go. I'm everything my Bible said I am. Faith comes by hearing. Now, let's close that. Faith comes by hearing. And it comes by hearing the Word of God. It doesn't come from hearing from a nice Christian. It comes by the Word of God. And because of it, we're better for it, and we grow in it, and we do what the Spirit of the Lord instructed us to do in Jesus' name. Go to the book of Genesis, chapter 1. And I want to begin to introduce this uh, area of here with the Holy Spirit and, uh, and who, who we are in Christ. And, and let, let me ask this question while we're doing this. Um, uh, uh, Sue, I heard her praying in the tongues and saying, this is, I remember when I first got started, she said, I, when I was first filled, I used to pray softly and, um, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And then she got bolder. Joanne got on her about that praying. Bold. But let me ask a question. How many of you are born again and... Uh, uh, and uh, you love God, you're, you're, you know, you're saved, you, but you don't pray in tongues. Never have, never will, never don't want it. Anybody at all in here? How many don't want to admit it? Well, how many of you do pray in tongues? 
praise God. Then why was it when we were praying in tongues, some of you weren't doing nothing? Just question. Just question. Just question. Amen. Now condemning, just saying. Just saying. Amen. And so, you know, hey, look, at, uh, I happen to, I'm actually, by virtue of descendancy, I, I am a I'm Spaniard. I'm really not Mexican. I trace all my roots all the way back to Catherine of Aragon over in Spain, in Madrid. So that, that's really where I am. But because of my color of my skin, I'm, I'm classified as Mexican. So people assume I speak Spanish. And, and, so, and, and so I don't speak Spanish. I understand most of it, but I don't speak Spanish. But, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, I don't speak Spanish. So uh, just because you go to church, some people assume you speak in tongues. Another language, a heavy language. And, and that you do it so frequently, you know how to do it. So, amen. So when you get over, when I go to Mexico and they start talking to me in Spanish, I just smile and, and say, see. And, and so, uh, and, then, and then we fake it uh, with, with some things. So uh, look at this in, the, in, the, in Genesis chapter 1. Now, I believe in this statement. If you don't know this statement, you never heard me make this statement, then you ought to write it down. I believe in what's called the law of first reference. The first time that something is, is uh, recorded in, uh, or decreed to us, we see it in Scripture, we see it in writing, it sets the foundation for everything else. And, and so because of that, uh, um, uh, we have to look at verses of Scripture and see things. And I want to bring some things. And I know you all know this. I know you all do because you're Bible students. And, and you, can, you can quote this verse out of the Amplified, the Living Bible. The, tra- the, the, you know, you can quote this out of the Weiss translation, uh, uh, you know, out of the Schofield Bible and all of its notes, the Dake Bible and, and all of its notes and, yeah, and all, all the kind of stuff. I know you can. So, so, so thank you, uh, students, for being here. But now notice this. Uh, verse of scripture, and we could all quote it, but I want you to look at it for just a moment. Genesis, if you will, chapter 1 makes this statement. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the, uh, and earth, and the earth was without form, or formless, and was formless and void, and there was darkness over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the water, God said. Now stop there for just a moment. Uh, in the beginning, a better way to say that is that, because this is confusing to some, they say, well, in the beginning, well, uh, they say, well, when was God, uh, when did God start? God didn't. It said in the beginning. Or in other words, when God started out creating, That'd be a better way to say that. Therefore, you would not apply that God had a beginning. God has no beginning, and He has no end. He is, He was, and He is to come. Jesus, referring to Jesus, in Hebrews 13, He said, I am the Lord. And He said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I like that term in there. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yesterday's not what happened on on, uh, Saturday, and today's not... Uh, talking about Sunday, and then he didn't say tomorrow, which would be Monday, he said forever. So forever is the key to about today and yesterday. So yes, yesterday has to do with before Jesus died on the cross. And then today is the hour we're living in now in the redemption reality. 
and that we are the righteousness of God. Forever is what happens when you and I pass on and go to heaven. It's forever. There's no ending on this thing. Amen. So, and when you got born again, you entered into forever. This is forever. This word is forever. So if this word is forever, surely you can last 12 days under a challenge. Surely you could, you could, you could last under, under the pressure thing. So in the beginning... God created the heaven, watch this, the heaven and the earth. Now notice this, heaven and the earth. So God created this. God created the heaven, and some of your translations will add an S to it, but it actually is the heaven and the earth. The heaven and the earth. Now here's something interesting in here. In that scripture, notice it didn't say this. And God created the heaven and all the planets. He didn't say that. Notice that he didn't put in there, and God created the heaven and all the galaxies. Now, we know that he did, but in the scripture, he narrowed it down. The heaven, the earth. God's will shall be done on earth as it is in heaven. The way heaven is, is the way earth ought to be. Are you all with me? And so God decided that earth would be an exact duplicate of heaven. So he started out by creating heaven, spoke it out, and then created earth, which you and I are on right now. Amen. And I remember being just a little kid. I mean, since I was a little kid, they've been talking about Martians. <laughs> now, you're earthlings, according to, according to science and all their wisdom. Amen? There's no moonings or whatever you want to call them, or Saturnites, uh, you know, Plutonians. <clears throat> Am I right? We are constantly looking for another planet to inhabit instead of allowing God to inhabit us. When you let God move into you, then heaven has found a piece of earth. Because you were designed by both. When God put Adam to sleep, he took the earth, folded it, molded it, and then breathed into it, and man became a living soul. And he stood upright, looked straight at God. So heaven and earth squeezed and made man, and he made woman. So we are, earth is in us, it's in our skin. <clears throat> Rub your skin hard enough, dirt will come out, I don't care if you take a shower tonight. Is it not? You can take 12 showers a day and still do that, and it'll, you'll get some crust. You little crusty thing, you. I mean, you just, you just get that. All right, now. <clears throat> so, in beginning, God created. God created. Now, catch that in there. God created. And He created the heaven, and He created the earth, and the earth was formless and void. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. Now, listen to this. And the Spirit of God, 
Let's use a term you and I are dealing with, and the Holy Ghost. Let's use a better reference, the Holy Spirit. So God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost were present in the creation. And God created heaven and earth. And then he says, and the Spirit of God. Now catch that. First reference, Genesis. So when God began to create, he created with this level in here. And it said in here, and God God created the heavens and the earth. And the Spirit of God, watch this, was moving. Was moving. Now, a a tremendous definition of that um, is this word. Um, like brooding, like the way a hen would brood over her chicks. And so, uh, in other words, she sees her chicks there, and if that's the case, think about this for just a moment, that utilizing that definition, Stan, if he said he was brooding over this, and this is the definition we get, then in the mind of God, he was already seeing mankind. And I don't want mankind in anything void, anything dark, anything alienated. So I got to bring them together and bring them in. So the Spirit of God was already pulling them in. All right? But here's a better way. Um, Anybody ever see these guys that are about ready to build a building? And the first thing you see is surveyors. You ever see those guys? They're trenching out, they're looking out everything, they're measuring everything. Anybody know what a surveyor is, what they, what they do? Okay, yep, you all know. They survey it. A better rendering of that term is this, and the Holy Spirit was moving upon the waters, surveying. For what purpose? To build. To build what? What was already spoken. When God said, when God created, there was a design in him. And the Holy Spirit was looking to go to work. Now, I want you to see something here. And it says in here, and he was moving over the face of the water. Let me help you here. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit, we're going to get to in a moment. He's the comforter. We, we realize that. However, think about this. We've all had moments where something just didn't seem to go right. Dark, alienated, all that kind of stuff. We've all had that. But notice that the Spirit of the Lord was not hovering over the darkness. He was not, over, he was not hovering over what was void. He was hovering over water. He bypassed that. Why? Now, why are they so interested in Mars? They're looking for water. Why? Because water represents life. So why did he hover over water? Life. Spirit of God bypassed all that and said, I don't care if it is void. I don't care if it is dark. I see life. So in your personal life, I don't care what you're going through. God sees life. And the Spirit of God is looking for those avenues to create something in you that's already God planned. It is already a God plan. It's in you. You may not see it yet. You may not know it yet. But now watch this. And uh, the Spirit of God was moving upon the surface of the water, and God said. Now the Holy Spirit was hovering. However, 
Nothing happened till God said. Nothing happens till you say. Yes, you have the indwelling of the Spirit of God, but nothing happens until you say. And the first place you ought to say is in tongues so that you can get a revelation of what to say with your natural language. Because you pull from the Spirit to speak to the natural, to have what you want. Because in the natural, there is uh, a situation of darkness, alienation, void. But God sees life. So when you pray in tongues, you'll begin to see what God sees. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Now, let me prove this out to you a few thousand years later. Go to Luke chapter 1. Gospel of Luke chapter 1 for just a moment. Luke chapter 1, and we're going to begin uh, our reading here. I got up perfectly well today with nothing wrong with my throat, so I'm not going to shut up. I didn't wake up this way. I didn't go to sleep this way. So how am I going to deal with this? I'm going to get this out in Jesus' name. If you you have to stay here four hours. (laughs) All right, now. These particular verses of Scripture are primarily used during a season you know is Christmas. And that's what's wrong with most Christians. They're seasonal. God has become a holiday in their mind. So I'll study this for Easter. I'll study this for Christmas. And I'll study this for Day of Pentecost. And I'll study this for this. If I need healing, then I'll study a few verses for healing. You've got to study it all the time. Amen? And when you do, the depth of revelation comes out of this thing. All right, now. <clears throat> Luke chapter 1. And although the scripture speaks about the birth of Christ, which is very important, we understand it, there's a verse of scripture we overlook. Now, remember Genesis chapter 1. That in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, I mean, think about that. And the Spirit of God was moving upon the face of the waters. All right? And God said, verse 3. Now, watch this. Now, I want you to see the drastic change. See if you catch this. Are you ready? Luke's Gospel, chapter 1. And we're going to begin our reading, if you will, over here in the 34th chapter. Uh, 34th verse, excuse me. Are you all set? Well, let's back up a little bit. There was a virgin by the name of Mary. And she was espoused, or we use the word engaged, but our engagement is not the same as espoused. It's not the same. And um, in the Hebrew culture, when you were espoused, Everybody knew that you were spoken for and no man would ever dare look at you like, well, you're not married yet, so you're still a free game. Oh, no, it didn't come that way. Amen? And engagement rings were a byproduct of diamond makers. 
to get you to buy another ring before the wedding ring. It's profit margin, man. Amen? So uh, I want to marry you. So here's an engagement ring. Okay, I got an engagement ring. Then when you get married, you put another one on. Amen. People are profiting off of your emotions and your love and your heart. Back then, there wasn't that. Dads got together. And when dads got together, dad would come and say, my son wants to marry your daughter. Isn't that good? He didn't say, my dad, uh, I'm here because my son wants to marry your son. Or my daughter wants to be with your daughter. I am not trying to be politically correct. This is God. God made male and female. I didn't come up with this. I'm going to, well, whatever. All right. So, uh, when you deal with this, Mary was a spouse, and the power, and, and all of a sudden one day, when she's about 15 years old, this angel shows up. Now, she's, a, she's, a, she's raised by a wonderful, praying mom and dad. Synagogue-going, loving family. And out of all of the earth, God saw water in her. And the Spirit of God was hovering and found a body of water. So he was hovering. So an angel came. And in Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, now that verse 34, Then Mary said to the angel, because she said, well, let's back up a little. You've got to read the whole thing. Uh, uh, let's, let's back it up and go over to the... Um, let's go back all the way up into the 26th verse. And the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city, uh, <clears throat> Galilee named Jazza, to a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, was the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel came to her and said, Greetings! You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, any time God calls you favored, you better receive it. And may I encourage you, and may I bless you, and may I strengthen you, and say you are highly favored. Amen. You put your name on it, man. You are highly favored right now. So, this verse of Scripture in here said in here, I remember, you're word people. You had to learn to shout unto God with the voice of triumph. All right, now watch this. And uh, verse 29, And the angel came to her and said, Greetings to you, highly, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled by his words. Isn't it interesting? She wasn't troubled by his presence. She wasn't troubled that an angel showed up. Like, what's this? I'm 15 years old. What? I mean, I've heard in the past how angels showed up and did things with Moses and Abraham and all of them. But my God, there's one now in my, in my room. No, she say that. He's there and she's staring at him and said, Greetings! You are highly favored by Almighty God. Huh, that's interesting. She's troubled by his words. 
words. Not that he was speaking. He was, she was troubled by words. What are you saying? I'm highly favored and blessed am I among women. I'm 15 years old. Why don't you go talk to my mom if you're going to be blessing a woman? Why don't you go to them? Because you're the water. You're the water. Why? Because you're a virgin. You're a vessel fit for the use of the master. God has created heaven and earth and he's about ready to create something in you. And you are the favored one to carry, contain the seed of creation. Now watch this. And uh, and then so we read that, but the angel said her, be not afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. God, that's powerful. Turn around and tell somebody, say, you have found favor with God. Oh, come on. Now, how many of you believe that? About yourself, how many believe that? Thank you for your 10. I appreciate it. I believe I'm highly favored. I absolutely believe it. <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh, man, if I had time to tell you. And uh, listen, you will conceive in your womb and uh, bear a son and shall call his name Jesus. Don't go down to the bookstore in the Hebrew bookstore find names. The angel gave a name to the child. See, most people when they have a child never go into prayer to decide what to name that child because whatever the name is creates a destiny. Most people don't don't operate in that arena. They, they, don't, they don't do that. And so notice this. And he said in here... Uh, um, you're going to conceive in your womb. And notice he didn't say, you're going to have relations with Joseph and that which you can. No, he said, you're going to conceive in your womb. You're going to conceive, stop, and in your womb. You're going to conceive and in your womb. Don't you catch that? I know there's no uh, break of commas, periods, exclamation points in the original Writing, it was just continual. But that is exactly what was going on. And he said in here, and uh, his name shall, uh, you shall call his name Jesus. Now watch this. And you're going to call his name Jesus. The angel said, and you shall call him Jesus. The angel gave him information, but his name could have been, for all we know, Bartholomew, had she not obeyed. Are you with me? So if you, if you listen to God and do what God tells you to do exactly how God tells you to do it. Amen? So we don't know. I mean, by tradition, his name should have been Joseph. By tradition. She, but the Spirit of God said, you'll name him Jesus. You'll name him Jesus. Why? Well, remember, the Jesus is the equivalent to the word Joshua. And Joshua and Jesus is the same word for Yeshua. And Joshua was the one who took the children into the promised land. And Jesus was the one who led us into the kingdom. So now watch this. Uh, and he shall be great. And uh, watch this. Are you ready for this? You're talking to a mom. This, this, is, this is a 
prophetic utterance coming from an angel. I came, but the angel didn't say, yay, yay, I'm Gabriel. And yay, yay, I got to say. He didn't do that. He came from God and spoke what God said. Angels have no right to interject. You're highly favored. Now come, God gave me a message. You're going to conceive in your womb, and the one that you conceive, his name will be Jesus. And he'll be Jesus to you. But now watch this. Are you ready for it? And will be called the son of the highest. Who will call him the son of the highest? Who will call him the son of the highest? Do you have any reference that any person during Jesus' earthly ministry ever called him the son of the highest? So who called him the son of the highest? Who called him the son of the highest? Demons. My God, there's no power on earth that has ever defeated us till you came along. You're higher than us. Your words override us. We've been cursing with sickness and disease, humanity, all these years. You come along and just your presence torments us. You're the son of the highest. One said, have you come to torment us before our time? And that same, that same spirit of God lives in you and lives in me. That's why when you go to work and people that don't understand who you are and you walk in your mantle, walk in your anointing, you'll bless some and torment others. Amen. They'll call you names, ridicule you, badmouth you, do all kinds of stuff. Cheer up. If they persecuted him, they'll persecute you. All right, now. Watch this. All right, now. And he says in here, Let's, let's go. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob, and uh, and his kingdom shall there shall be no end. And his kingdom there shall be no end. Why? Because when Jesus died, sat on the throne, he put his kingdom in you, 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 and then you can procreate. And put your kingdom, the kingdom, in your children. And they put their kingdom into their children. And to their children. And on earth, there'll be no end to that kingdom. That's the way it should have been. So your kingdom living right now. All right, now. Thank you for all that. Man, this is... Mary said... Now, here's what I want you to see. It. Then Mary said... Let me, let me rephrase it. Now, I understand it's Mary, but let me put this. Mary, the body of water. I'm going to emphasize that. Go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Verses 1 and 2. Mary, the body of water, said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know man? Since I do not know man. Because anything God ever wants to do, we get the idea the only way it can be done is that if a man approves of us. That if a man is involved with us. That if man is the blesser instead of God. That man is the promoter instead of God. That man is the blesser instead of God. That man is the healer instead of God. God is everything you need. Now, now watch this. 
Ah, this is powerful. Angel answers that are the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Wait, 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 wait. He was there in the beginning. And what was he doing there? Hovering. Was the Holy Spirit hanging out around the throne with his elbow on God's throne saying, I can't wait till that angel gets through his marriage service. No, he was hovering in that room. He was hovering over the conversation being done and that angel was explaining this. Now, listen close. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Will. Underline that. Will. Will. Come on you. Will. Hasn't yet. But will. Will come on you. I've come as a messenger so that you can hear what I'm saying, so that you can open up your will and allow what God wants to accomplish be accomplished, but He needs your will. So the Holy Spirit is brooding, hovering, surveying. The Holy Spirit surveyed you and found you. You know what that word survey means? Uh, you know, when I lived, Joanne and I lived in a city, uh, in a community one time. We had a few acres there. And around our property, we had this massive tree. You heard me talk about this massive tree. And all around the tree were all these rocks. And these rocks, were, they weren't really rocks. They were like giant stones. And uh, I remember that one time, I, I said, you know, you see this, uh, we had a, we, we functioned off of propane on all of our electricity and stuff like that, and our, 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 our heating and stuff. We worked up propane truck and pull up. Every once in a while, fill the propane up. And we had a, a giant rock, I mean a boulder. I mean, just covered it up. And I said, uh, well, that's a big, big stone. And the owner, when I bought the house, said, oh, no, you don't understand. That stone, we never moved it. We wanted to move it, but we couldn't. Because what you see right now, which is six foot, it's, it's 13 feet underground. You're just seeing just a part of it. And he said, and it's 14 feet wide total. They said, in order for us to move it, we'd have to get a machine and break it up. And then dig it up. And it would have taken us, close to with the machinery, about two weeks to break the thing up. So these were not rocks. All right? This is not a rock you skim across a lake. All right, this is not one of those you pick up, put in your pocket, put 12 of them, you know, you didn't do that. You couldn't pick this thing up, okay? So, where we lived, when they served, how did they know it? They surveyed the land. And they found certain places you couldn't do much because there was too much stone. Around our tree were all these rocks. I go, man, they got these beautiful rocks. That's because when they built the house, they had to move those rocks and instead of putting, moving them out, it would be too expensive. They just, they weighed tons. They put them over by the tree. So I created a fountain, a waterfall out of it. That's what we did. We, we, you know, we put this thing together, put a waterfall in. But the thing about it is these rocks were there. They're in the ground. There are stuff, my son talked the other day about stony ground. Sometimes what you see on top is just the surface point. What's underneath? And rocks don't grow, but they're there. 
And so you got to survey the land. So when Mary was selected and Gabriel came, she was surveyed. They watched how she talked around her mother and her father. They watched how she was at home, how she was with her friends. Was she the same Mary at home as she was when she was away from her mom and dad? How are you? Do you have, uh, do you have club clothes and then church clothes? Amen. Amen. Just, just important. Amen. So, uh, you know, when, when it's all nice and secure and secluded and nobody's around, is porno your sight? Whether it's man, woman, whether it's two on three or three on four, orgies, what, what is it? And you look at that stuff and you pollute your mind with it and then come to church, I exalt thee. Thank you. I'll come on this side. <laughs> See, whether you realize or not, I don't have to be there. God is with you. He's surveying you. And if your words aren't that powerful, find out what attracts you the most. Because God's surveying you. Because if you're born again, there should be a change and it's, you should look different than the world. All right, now. All right, I'm excited. Are you ready? Now, so the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One that will be born, let's use this word, created, come forth. Here's another word, fleshed out. will be called the Son of God. Will be called the Son of Almighty God. The one that's in you. Now, listen. Then she gives a, gives a revelation. Your cousin Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. Now, this is the first setting in here that you have of any kind of social media. There was no phone, no nothing like that, but the Holy Ghost said, hey, you know your cousin who lives a few, uh, 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 about maybe 50 miles from here? Uh, you, you don't know it yet, but she's pregnant, and she's of age. She, shouldn't have got, she never got pregnant all her life, and now she's got a child. She's pregnant, and she's six months pregnant. Go tell my mom. My mom don't even know. No, nobody knows. They don't know over here. Nobody knows here. God told her. Why did God tell her? To get away from a barren place to go to a fruitful place. Because you will never believe God for more until you associate with people with more. You will never, you will never pray more till you associate with people that pray. You will never read more till you associate with people that read. You will never become a stronger worshiper unless you hang around a worshiper. And you, that, that list could go on and on. All right, now, now watch this in here. And then he said, he said and that, that would be called, listen, your cousin, he said, and has conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month of her uh, wither, uh, who has declared uh, barren, for with God nothing shall be impossible. Yeah. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, with God nothing shall be impossible. Yeah. 
with God, your God, my God, our God, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing is impossible with your God. Now, here it comes. Are you ready? Uh, forget Christmas for right now. It's not a Christmas story anymore. Mary said, just like Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, God said, she said what the angels said, and those words were so powerful, they allowed the Holy Spirit who was hovering over her to go to work and create the Holy One known as Jesus, who was the Son of the Highest, who was the Son of God. And Mary said, I am the servant of the Lord. May it be done unto me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Right then. And right then, the moment she said, she was pregnant. The moment she said, why? Because the Holy Spirit was hovering over her. So, in the beginning, God saw and God said. And then, in in, uh, Genesis, we read in there, and the Holy Spirit was hovering. And then God said, and God went to work. And everything that was in God came to pass because the Holy Spirit is the construction crew that builds what you can see by faith. But it won't work until you say because what you say is the substance of things hoped for. To build this building, you need natural substance. To build your life, you need spiritual substance. You've got to start saying what God says. Amen. Amen. You got to stop saying I'm broke. Amen. You got to stop saying I'm broken. You got to stop saying I'm hurt. Who hasn't been hurt? God was hurt. Adam and Eve turned. What do you think? God did God give up on mankind? No, no, He didn't. He didn't. But isn't it interesting that the Holy Spirit came? in the shape of a dove and landed on Jesus. Think about that. And when Noah sent out to find land, he sent out a dove. But the first thing he sent out was another kind of a bird. And the other bird never came back. Amen. So find out what kind of bird you're hanging out with. Are you surrounded by turkeys? <clears throat> so now, now notice the symbolic of it. So the Spirit of the Lord is, is, is designed. He's not a dove. Do you understand there's about 36 different scriptural definitions of him? Holy Spirit, fire, but he's not fire. Dove, he's not a dove. I mean, there's so many of them. But all they are is giving you a characteristic of the, how God will flow in your life. See, when you pray in the Spirit, and allow the Spirit of God to do what you want, you stay fired up. 
Amen. Instead of t being tired down, you get fired up. Mary said, I am the servant of the Lord. So be it done unto me according to thy word. Now, bypassing the word Mary said, listen to this. I am a servant of the Lord. May it be done unto me according to the word. That's one of the confessions I make uh, quite a bit. Father, I'm your servant, and be it done unto me according to thy word. Amen. I just don't look at Mary. I say, Lord, amen. I'm a servant. Now notice she said, be it done unto me according to the word. She didn't say that. She goes, I'm a servant of the Lord. So you just can't say, be it done unto me according to the word. You can't just throw around words like, I'm blessed, unless you're a blessing. Amen? So, so we've got to recognize this. If we're going to apply the verse, we've got to apply the verse. So notice this. So he makes a reference to this. Is this okay? So now notice this. Mary said, I'm a servant of the Lord. May it be done according to the word. So here we find that this verse goes into, into Scripture in this area of it, and we realize that he is a, a creator. He's a creator. God creates. God goes to, God speaks, put it in our heart, and the Holy Spirit is there present. See, what a lot of people re don't realize is that they think that the Holy Spirit is just praying in tongues. The Holy Spirit doesn't pray in tongues. You do. God doesn't speak English, German, Spanish, French. He understands all those languages, but they're all bound to earth. Amen? Oh, can I throw this out at you? Did you ever stop to think about this? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Notice he didn't create the world. He didn't create the world. He created the earth. Anytime we say, well, he created, show me a picture of the world, you're going to see the planet. No, that's earth. You know what all the fuss and arguing on is going on in politics and all the stuff and all the viruses, that's world. That's the world imploding. That's the world system. Earth is fine. Amen. Listen, God already did the green deal. That's why grass is green. Are you with me? And he's been at it all these years. I'm not trying to get political, but you got to. Don't let the world think you, that you're the one that's going to make this world green. How about you just make your life green? Get all the plastic out of your life. Deal with the genuine in your life. Amen. Take care. Take care of this body. Oversee your life. So in it, in it we recognize this. So people politicized everything, put all this stuff together. I mean, you see all these politicians, they're misquoting Scripture. They can't even quote Scripture right. And they use it in the wrong context. Obviously, I, I, have, faith, I, I have a faith. And they're talking about a denomination. And then they, when they point blank ask, do you love God? Well, I love God. Well, the question is, 
Do you love Jesus and are you following him? I'm not asking if you have a church. Amen. That's the question. That, that's the level of it. Amen. I don't know if you know this or not, but Jesus is not white. He's Hebrew. Are you with me? He's not. Amen. Isn't that a country, Jesus? He's dark skinned. I don't know, but Moses married an Ethiopian woman. And I don't know if you know that, but she wasn't white. She was black. The Bible talks about her hair. The Bible talks about Jesus' hair. It was like wool. It was wavy wool. The pictures that you see right now are European pictures. And Jesus looks like he was about ready to go surfing in those pictures. <laughs> Long blonde hair. Sandals. And he's in prayer by the rock. And what he's thinking is, man, the waves are about eight foot right now. <laughs> so many misconceptions. Because we know a Jesus the world handed us. They wanted a picture of him to hand us. But if we go to this, this is the picture. Right here, this is the picture. So we read in here that, he did, that, that when this occurred, if, uh, he made the reference, he spoke the word. Now, go over John chapter 14, verse 15 for just a moment. Hopefully that helped you a little bit. That was not in my notes today. All right. <laughs> Those were pretty much, they, they put them on the screen. I think they put them on the screen. Did they put them on the screen in the scripture? Yeah, but my, all right, no. John chapter 14, let's look at this for just a moment, and let's introduce the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. This all falls into this thing. And John 14, 15 says, If you love me, if you love me, keep my commandments. How do you know you love Jesus? How do you personally know you love Jesus? You keep his commandments. If you love him, keep his commandments. Now, they're not the commandments that you like and then maybe you'll change them down the road. Amen? You can't change it. You can't make amendments to these. You can't go to the courthouses and change all this. Go, to, go if you've ever been to Washington and go where Congress sits, right behind, which they, very, they never show you, right above them is a statue of Moses, the first lawgiver. You never see it in his face. You never see it in any of the pictures, nothing at all. The first lawgiver's there. All over the scripture, all over Washington, there's scriptures. That if, if Congress and Senate took a field trip and they all held hands and somebody took them and they all walked all and read everything that is in Washington, oh, I didn't know that was there. Yeah, just do that and you'll be okay. You little flake you, what's wrong with you? If you love me, keep my commandments, and I, this is this, and I will pray the Father, and He will give you another comforter. Underline that word. 
He'll give you another comforter. Two Bible definitions, two words for the word in there as comforter. One means somebody that will come who is totally different than me. And the other one says someone who I'll send who is just like me in every aspect. So the word comforter here when he said this, I'm leaving, but the one that's coming is just like me. Talks the same, acts the same. He has the same goal, same vision for you, for the heart of God, everything. The difference is, you see me in the flesh, he will not come in the flesh. And the difference is, I can't just assimilate and go into your body, but he will. And he will, I see your vessel, but he'll live in your vessel. The comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even, now watch this, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. The world. Notice he didn't say the earth. The earth did receive him. How? In Mary. The earth did receive him in the beginning. If I could take you through Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy and Joshua, all the way through you'll see the Spirit of the living God moving on earth. And He rested on people. And so here He said, The Spirit of truth, the world cannot receive because it seeth Him not. It seeth Him not. It seeth Him not. You know, the other day before it started raining, I was looking out my window and I could see, I told Joanne, it's really windy out. Anybody ever make that statement? It's really windy today. Let me see your hands. Everybody ever say that? Now let me ask this question. Put your hands down. Anybody ever see wind? No. You saw the results of wind. But you never saw wind. Only one man in Scripture that we have, although we know God does, but only one man we know of scripturally that saw wind. That was Peter when he stepped out of the boat. And the Bible said he saw the wind boisterous. Why? Because he was walking in the realm that Jesus was walking in. On one word called come. And when he stepped out of the water, he was now in Jesus' territory. So that leads me to understand that when Jesus was in prayer, think about this. Jesus was in prayer, like oftentimes I am for you. What happened to me that night? I was praying for you. Amen. I was praying for, I was praying for you, the congregation. Amen. And some of you, some of our, our precious, wonderful members that I talked to said, this is what the Lord told me, aren't even here today. I told them I've been praying for you. God kept me up till 3.15 praying about you. That's my heart. That's my calling. That's my assignment. I'm your pastor. Amen. So in it, though, though you see the wind, you may see me preaching, which you've never really saw, is my heartfelt commission. I don't reach somewhere for sermons. I yank up how I live. And I know him. And I know him in the power of the resurrection. And then my heartfelt desire is, I want to know more. I don't believe after 41 years of pastor, I know God the way I need to know God. So I'm hungry for more. I'm hungry for more. Uh, you know, years, years back, I remember Joanne and I, before the boys were born, and uh, we dated, and the first, uh, we went to downtown L.A., and we went to a, a, a little hamburger place called Tommy's. I don't know if anybody ever heard of Tommy's before. Have anybody ever, oh, everybody does. Yeah, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, <laughs> But we went to Tommy's, and uh, 
uh, you know, I remember I went, and I, I wasn't much, I'm not much for trying a whole lot of food, but I went with some other people, and I remember I had real long hair, my hair was really long, and, and uh, I wasn't born again yet, and, and we went there, and I had never eaten there before, so I wanted a hamburger, but with no chili, I was an adventurous, the chili burger, so I said, I, I want, and the guy looked at me, what do you want, real quick when you got in line, what, what, what do you want, come on, there was a, this gentleman, he was, big, he was there for years, years. He said, what do you want? I said, I just want a hamburger with no chili. He looked at me like, what? I go, I don't want any chili. We put chili in everything. I don't want any chili. He was going to be disgusted. He goes, and he yelled out, one hamburger for one hippie. <laughs> he goes, pay and get out of line. Yelled, I, people, I don't know if you ever, anybody ever saw that guy. He, was, he had real long hair, and, and he, he, he was there for years and years and years. I, I just remember that. I was crossing the street. They had this giant of a man, about 6'6". Six, six. He was the, a guard. He was really, I mean, just giant. And I was running across the street. And I thought, he comes stepping out of the kid. They had a guard there, the security guard. He stood out there and he went like this. He goes, hey, you hippies, get out of the street. And I go, <gasps> and I stopped. And I, I literally stopped in the middle of the street. Go, <gasps> I go, and I yelled, what happened to your voice? It's just, what adventures. But, why are you saying that? Well, I hadn't had a hammer. I hadn't had Tommy's for years. And they opened one down the street from my house. And I desired one. So, Joanne happened to be in that area. She called Joanne, Joanne, get Tommy's. Get us a Tommy's burger. So she did. And so, uh, uh, I've been back since. <laughs> Not much, but I've been back since. But all of a sudden, those memories came back, and I wanted to, to, to go to that. I wanted to go to get a Tommy's burger. I wanted to go get that. And it just the thought of it, I remember. That's why I remember that man. I remember the adventure there. I remember being there. I remember cars would come up. I had my Volkswagen. Limousines would pull up. Uh, people of all, all kinds of financial stature would come up and pull up. People dressed in all kinds of their tuxedos. A wedding party came one time and got Tommy's burgers and, and took off. I mean, we're sitting there going, look at those guys, you know. I mean, this is amazing. And I remember waking Joanne up. And it was like 2 o'clock in the morning because they was 24-7. I said, Joanne, I want a hamburger from Tommy's. Let's go. And such a wonderful wife, she got up and drove to Tommy's with me. And uh, I said, I want to go by myself. We went, oh, Tommy's got a hamburger. Um, that has carried over to where I'm at right now. I think of when I first got saved. I'm not bored. I'm more excited today. If you think this is a little wild, just give me a few more years because you didn't, you didn't see where I came from. See, so you don't have my testimony. I have my testimony. I should be dead right now. With all the drugs I did, $125 a day cocaine habit, yeah, I should be dead right now. When they put a, a shotgun to my head and the sh- it didn't go off because they were stealing my drugs and my money, and then reloaded it because it wouldn't go off and put it again to my head, and it didn't go off again, yeah. I wasn't saved. No. They couldn't do it, so they beat me with the end of the, with the, with the, the shotgun. And I went home all bloody and, and messed up. So when I stand here today and I preach, every time I get up and preach, I'm so grateful I got up. I'm so grateful I had another day with Jesus Christ. I'm so grateful that I was able to go to bed and, and get excited. 
Anytime I hear word, oh man, it's so powerful. Because I know my mom and dad could have buried me. I would never have gotten married. My friend took off. He goes, I'm going to go sell some drugs. I said, nah, I'm going to go on home. Never saw him again. It wasn't until about six weeks later that they found his body. And they dr- the people, the drug dealers that were after me, that put the gun against my head, they were looking for both of us. They couldn't recognize, they had to recognize by his teeth. Because they drug him face down with a car in the highway and his face was raced. They couldn't find him. That could have been my mom and dad's story. But instead... My mom, when I got home, was crying. Little Catholic mom. I'm glad you're home, mijo. I was praying for you. I don't put down the fact she was praying the rosary. I don't care. To the level of faith she had, you know what? My God hurt her. My God heard her. Some of you are right here right now because somebody prayed for you. You don't even know who prayed for you. You don't know who stood in the gap. Whether it was grandma or grandpa or mom or dad, you have no idea who stood in the gap for you. You didn't get saved by accident. You'll stumble into this. Somebody called your name and God protected you will have no idea how many times Satan tried to take you off this planet. And it's not because there's a call on your life. It's because he hates people. Nobody goes to hell and finds love. Nobody's loved in hell. Even the Spirit of Truth. Because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him. Anybody in here know him? Come on, anybody in here know him? Wow. Now you ready? Are you ready? Shout stuff. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. He, now listen close. He dwelleth with you. How? I'm here and the Spirit of God is on me, Jesus says. But the day will come where he'll be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. And I'll come to you. That's not talking about the end times. I'll come to you. I will come to you. Here are nine definitions of that word comforter. One of them is the word comforter. I want to break it down. Comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby, that he may remain with you forever. A dynamic force. A communicator and a creator. Come on. Communicator, creator. You can't have creation without communication. Yes. You can have what you say. Yes. People mock Brother H- Kenneth E. Hagen for writing a book, a little tiny mini book, write your own ticket with God. Yes. You can have what you say. People mocked us and said, you're that name it, claim it group. Thank you, I'm guilty. Yes. You're that blab it, grab it group. Thank you, yes, I am. Yes. I keep saying it. Yes. Amen. Joanne's bolder than I am in many ways, in a lot of ways. Let me give you one last verse. I'm going to close it down here. Can I give you one last verse? Now, now think for just a moment on that. And I want you to think about this word, a word in here, the word comforter. 
And Genesis chapter 2, now we're back in Genesis, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Um, I'm, I'm a, a, the type of individual that I understand, you know, if, if you're married, um, uh, and, and, that, and I understand this term in, in the, from a standpoint, I, I get it. That's the wrong way, I'm just using it, uh, definition-wise. The word mate, that's not an Australian word. Hello, mate. Okay, we're not talking about that. Um, I want you to see this in here. Adam had named, was given commission to name all the animals. All right, now think about that. So if he was, if all the animals in the world that we have today, don't you think for just a moment, he would have had to name 20 different species in 10 minutes. Every 10 minutes he would have had to name 20 different species. When the fires broke out over there in Australia and up along that area, they said that close to a billion species of animals were destroyed in that fire. It just went on for months and months and months. Animals. Species. All named by Adam. Adam named them. So I want you to think for just a moment about his, when he spoke it, God said, that's what it is. Because you said it. That's what it is. You named it, that's what it is. You named it, that, that's what it'll become. That's what you said. Now, catch that. Now, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, after Adam named everything, the Lord God said, it's not good that man should be alone, so I'm going to make him a help me for, for, for him. Now, when we look at that word, I'm going to make for man, so we look at that word as Adam, so I'm going to make Adam a help me, and uh, so that help me is going to be, in my reference, it would be, I'm going to make Art a help me, so I'm going to make him Joanne. All right? All right, well, that being the case, then who's going to be her helpmeet? Because if God's saying, listen, man, I don't want you alone, or listen, Adam, I don't want you alone, or listen, Art, I don't want you alone, so I'm going to give you a helpmeet in a woman, and so the woman's going to come to you, and she'll be everything you need, well, then the flip side of that is, what happens to the woman? What happens to the woman? She gets the guy who has, who's alone. That doesn't make for a good dating app. I'm alone. (laughs) If that was your profile, what's your profile? Alone? Does that make any sense? Now, when you look at Scripture... Yes, it is true. You look at that from a marital standpoint. You can because we see the law of progression in there. However, that word man doesn't mean man. It means mankind. It is not good that mankind be alone. So I'm going to make for mankind that will start with you a help me. That word help me is the same word translated comforter. That's what the Holy Spirit is. So the Spirit of God was, was moving, and it wasn't until Adam began to say, I put this on my children. 
That's why you ought to be laying hands on your children. I don't mean slapping them and kicking them and stuff like that and, and calling them brats. and name. You should, you've got to watch what you say. Amen. So you got you got to watch this. God gave them to you. Don't look at your six year old, seven year old, eight year old and say, "Boy, they're a handful. I'm going to just turn them over to God." You can't. God gave them to you. Can't turn them to God. You got to raise them. You train them up in the way they should go, so when they're old, they won't depart from it. I wish I, wish I got two amens out of that one. When, when Brett was small, and I said, you know, he, would, he knew he got in trouble. So, he, you know, I'd pull, I'd say, go to your room. And he knew what that meant. He's going to be spanked. So, and so then I'd go in, and, and, uh, and uh, so he said to me, it started, this particular process started when he heard a, a minister speaking at one of Joanne's Woman of Excellence meetings, and she said, she, he heard it intently. Even though I preached it before, Joanne preached it before, others had preached it, he was really paying attention then. And the, the speaker said that no weapons formed against us shall prosper. So he came home that day, and he goes, you can not spank me the rest of my life. I said, why did he say that? He goes, because no weapon formed against me can prosper, and your belt is a weapon. I said, I got a few verses of my own. <laughs> and this scripture didn't come up till he did something, and he knew. I go, go to your room. And he was waiting for this scripture. He was all smiles. I come in and I go, okay. I said, the Bible says that I'm supposed to train up a child and in the way she goes, so we won't part from it. Spare the rod, spoil the child. And then there's a powerful verse of scripture in Deuteronomy where it says that, uh, it says, I've set before you blessing and cursing and, and life and death. So choose life that you and your seed may live. I said, I want you to live, seed. And I said, so I'm, so I'm giving you the power of choice. You get the thick belt, you get it once. You get the thin belt, you get it twice. So choose you this day. It's a, matter of, it's a matter of choice. I didn't go with back then. I don't know if anybody ever pays attention to him. I didn't consult with some of the famous people of that day, Ann Landers, who had a column, and her sister had one as well. I didn't go with Dr. Spock and all that. I never gave them timeouts because they like to be alone anyway and play. So I never gave them timeouts. We never had timeouts. You don't give a kid timeout. At least you didn't give us timeout. You have timeout. Uh. <laughs> you just never did that. He just never did that. Time out. <laughs> Amen. God never said that if you sin, have time out. God corrects. So in this verse of Scripture, he makes a statement about help meet. And so the word help meet means a standby. It's these nine Bible definitions in here. So by doing this, he's saying here, I will make him a help meet. That's the comforter. So the comforter is with you. The, the, he's not le left you comfortless. The strength is with you. Everything you need is with you right now. You have inner insight, wisdom, revelation of what you need to do. You have this powerful relationship with Almighty God. It'll take you to this. Uh, listen to this. Because you love me, flesh out my directives. Then I'll request the Father to make you aware of another person and presence who is the enabler who will always be with you. See, a lot of you try to help a loved one who's in trouble, and they're in trouble and trouble and trouble and trouble. What you have become is their enabler. That's a different term. You keep handing them money, and they spend it on drugs. And then you wonder, I don't know why they don't change, because you're enabling them. Amen. It, it, 
it's imperative that we, that we understand how this all works. And it's tough love, man. You say, God loves. Yeah, but it's tough love. You just can't, you just can't do all that stuff. You, you just can't do all the stuff that people do. You just can't. And so, uh, now watch this. I'm talking about the spirit, the essence of reality. Those who do not have a relationship with me will not be aware of his presence. I, I, uh, I, I'm aware of his presence. I don't know if anybody else is. I'm aware when Joanne's in the room. I'm aware she's there. And I also want to be in the room where she's at. And so I don't have to call on the phone and then have Joanne. I don't need her picture on it. And she doesn't have to introduce herself. Hi, I'm Joanne. Remember me? We met at Santa Fe High after the graduation. And we got married in 1974. Remember me? Oh, you. Yeah. I don't do that. You know why? Because we talk all the time. Joanne doesn't even call me anymore. As soon as I walk into the room, I need this and I need this and I need this. I just walked into the room. And she'll give me three directives that I'm supposed to follow right away. And I go, hi. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is important that we understand that. Do we know each other? Do we know each other? Hey, how you doing? R- respond by the presence of God. His presence has already been with, with you and in me. Now the enabler himself will reside in the depths of your awareness. This is this. Reside in the depths of your awareness. So the Holy Spirit is present, but only in the awareness factor. Now listen to me. When you and I come to church and we come into, the, into this area, the Bible says wherever two or more agree as touch anything, they should ask the Father, it shall be done. So when we get, up and, and we get up and come to church, we should all be coming to agree for the presence of God. We should not be coming to hear the pastor. We should be coming to hear what the saith the Lord. With the presence of God. That's what gets us excited and gets us motivated. That's what keeps us functioning. That's what keeps us growing and going. Amen. This, this is where this is at. This is, this is the introduction. I, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit, we'll get into this later, is not a it or a thing. Not an it or a thing. If you're married, never refer to your wife, to somebody else. I'm married to it over there. If you do, you'll sleep it on the couch <laughs> or in the car, and there will be a discussion. You do not refer to your spouse as it, or where's your wife? That thing over there? So why do we dishonor the Holy Spirit by referring to it said to me? I heard something say. He's a person. And he's got a name, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And he is the Holy Ghost baptizer. And he's the one that's with us. Amen. So if we're going to do this and allow the Spirit of God to go to work on our words, find the promise of God that the Spirit of God can work with. Remember, he doesn't hover hover over your problems. He hovers over your words. He's waiting for you to say the word, not the problem. Not how much money you need, how much supply you thank Him for. God, I thank you, supplier of all my need. Thank you, you're constantly supplying. Thank you, you're constantly blessing. Amen, you're constantly honoring. Amen. Make the choice to believe God's Word over your flesh and over your circumstances. Make, speak God's Word daily. This is how you saw God's Word in your heart. This is so God's Word in your heart. 
You're the number one person to sow into your heart. Uh, meditate the Word of God. That'll keep you, your thought life in agreement. You've got to get your Word going right. Uh, despite how things look at, look at the Word, so create corresponding actions. Despite how things look, keep speaking the Word. It'll change everything. You're going to be, you will, you're going to be fired, so maintain a good fight of faith. I don't know. They might, I might lose my job. So? I know that's rough, but so? But so? Amen? I and mean, this is what you do. Joanna and I will speak over ourselves on a regular basis. The moment we heard the term coronavirus, it's not like we had been around viruses before that was an epidemic or pandemic. We just kept speaking the word. The difference between pandemic and epidemic, pandemic is worldwide and everywhere. Epidemic is when it's central, you know, people are going through it, but... But so we just, the moment we did, we inoculated ourselves. Father, we thank you that coronavirus will not come nigh our home. Thank God that it has a name. We've identified it by name. So that name is subject to the name of Jesus. It'll never get into our respiratory system. It'll never get into our lungs, our kidneys. It'll not get into our, in, 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 well, whether it's in the atmosphere, whether somebody has it and it's around us. When it hits us, it'll die. It cannot live in our bodies. We fear not no coronavirus. We've been around the swine flu. We've been around scars. We've been around all, all of them. And uh, we've never caught any of that stuff. Amen. I mean, so this is imperative that we understand this. But you won't get that way unless you first catch that. Ah, oh, whether well, we catch it. That'll not happen here. That'll not happen here. Amen. I'm after I speak that over you, that that will not happen to you in your life or your family or any part of your family, any of your loved ones, any of your children, any of your grandchildren. It will not happen in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm not saying don't take precaution. Wipe your hands, wash your hands, do all that stuff. Yes. should be doing that anyway. should be washing your hands because something coronavirus came around. Oh, I guess I better wash my hands. Wash your hands anyway. Amen. Especially you men. When you use the restroom, wash your hands. Just don't walk out. Amazing. I, I'm, I never see the women, so I have no clue. I can't speak to that. But I see so many men use the restroom and just walk out, whether it's the commode or whether it's the urinal. They just finish and then just walk out. I look for them because I want to make sure if we're buying something, I'm not in line with them. I'm in another line. I ain't going to let that. Nah, 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 nah. So those with their hands have been. I ain't been dealing with that stuff. Always wash your hands. And you know there is a way to wash your hands. And scrub them, man. Scrub them. And use soap. Not just water, wash them, man. <laughs> anyway, well, now listen. The, the The reason that this is imperative is because without the presence of God, you are you and I are comfortless. Without recognize, He's present, but we don't recognize Him. So we scramble in life, and then we survive in life instead of live life. The most powerful thing about life is that life must be lived. You've got to enjoy it. And God has provided it for you. And He lives in you. Walks in you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You know, we did all this and we didn't sing one song. Amen. And uh, I, now at 4 o'clock, the Lord told me, have this meeting at 4, so that's why I'm doing it at 4. Why not 6, Pastor? Because you said 4. 
I take a survey. <laughs> you weren't in that room when he talked to me, so why? <laughs> Amen. And so, uh, but he said that this would yank the gift out of me. And, and so in, in so doing this, this is what the Spirit of God told me to do. And you're seeing a little bit of it right now. And that prelude, he said, this is a prelude. What we saw in prayer that night, he said, this is a prelude to it. Man. So we're, we're going to flow in this and be a part of this. And so, Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank God we are filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.